Hello everyone, I'm Simon Ford of Forge Gin. Martinis, gin and tonics, Negronis, great classic cocktails is what I'm about. But I also love to hear of great recipes from great bartenders from around the world, which is why we've partnered with Beyond the Drink for this season. Cheers. Well, you just heard from the man himself, Simon Ford, and this season of Beyond the Drink is presented by Ford's Gin. I'm Cappy, and in this series, we're going to hear from some of the best bartenders in the country as they share the stories and recipes behind their favorite drinks. Beyond the Drink is a spinoff of Beyond the Plate, our podcast that sits down with the world's culinary elite to explore their journey into the food industry and the social impact they have made in their community. So if you're new to Beyond the Drink, welcome. If you listened before, we're so glad you're back. We hope this episode inspires you to create a delicious cocktail or, like the bartenders we feature, make a difference in your community. To get the cocktail recipe we discuss in this episode, you can check out the episode notes in your podcast player or go to beyondtheplatepodcast.com. One more thing, we have some awesome Beyond the Plate merch. You can find a link in your podcast player or go to our website, beyondtheplatepodcast.com. Head on over and check out our hats, tees, hoodies, and more. Again, that's beyondtheplatepodcast.com. Enjoy this week's episode. All right, Paige, let's start with a little audio test. Why don't you name three ingredients that you love to pair with gin? Ooh, I love to pair with gin fresh citrus. So mind juice, in terms of making my martinis, I always go towards a wetter martini using blanc vermouth versus dry vermouth. That's a personal choice for me. And then I also love to pair as simple as like mint. Love it. All right, you sound good. Let's do it. Today's guest is a bartender who was born and raised in New Jersey and raised by two immigrant parents from the island of Nevis in one of my favorite parts of the world, the West Indies. She has tended bar at award-winning establishments, including Clover Club in Brooklyn, New York, and is currently based down the street from me here in Chicago. You can find more on her in the episode notes and follow her on Instagram at Paige Walwyn. That's P-A-I-G-E-W-A-L-W-Y-N. Please enjoy this episode as we go beyond the drink with Paige Walwyn. Hi, Paige. Hi, how are you? Thanks for having me. It's good to have you. Let's do a little warm up. We usually warm up with little cocktail themed speed rounds. So for you, we're going to go a little, okay, let's, do let's it. go a little spirit forward and bold on the speed round. What do you say? Okay, let's try it. Let's do it. All right. Number one, name the cocktail that inspired you to get behind the bar. Sounds weird, but a view gray. Oh, let's circle back to that. Number two, <laughs> if you were on the beaches of Nevis right now, what would you be drinking? I would be drinking, as cheesy as it sounds, a pina colada. Delish. Name a smell behind the bar you love. Freshly cut citrus. Name a smell behind the bar you hate. Oh, damn. I don't know. Huh. I'm supposed to be speedy, but now I'm like, I don't know. I can't think of anything that I really hate. Is there a smell you're like, ooh, that does not smell good? I mean, if it sounds bad, I hate taking out the trash at the end of the night. <laughs> perfect. That's perfect. The last one. Name... The one gin-based cocktail everybody needs to try. I think that everyone should try 50-50 martinis. Must have. Some people are scared of vermouth and people need to lean into it. I'm not scared of vermouth and I still don't think I've tried like a proper 50-50 martini. Not that there's anything. You gotta do it. And it's maybe it's because of me. I love martinis and while I lean and I lean towards 50-50 martinis because I can drink more of them. (laughs) Oh, that's interesting. So it lowers the ABV. Yep. I guess that makes sense, right? It's funny. We had Simon Ford on the podcast one of the other seasons. We did a special bonus episode and I think he was saying how he he enjoys a 50-50 martini as well. What was that cocktail 
you were talking about that inspired you to get behind the bar? Oh, a vucare. So when I first started working in hospitality, I started as a host, actually. So I was 20 and then I turned 21 and started trying a lot of the cocktails on the bar menu and trying a lot of different classic cocktails. And I was really young. I was like still in college and my palate was pretty immature, you could say. So I never really liked spirit forward cocktails. Like I hated Manhattans. I hated old fashions. Or, and for some reason, I had a Vucre, which is a really classic New Orleans cocktail, which is a split base with rye, cognac, sweet vermouth, and a touch of Benedictine stirred. And that was the first spirit forward cocktail that I really, really loved. And it kind of like switched a flip for me when it comes to like spirit forward whiskey or dark spirit based cocktails. Interesting. All right. I always love learning about a new cocktail. It's kind of a, a good excuse when I go out to try try something new. Give it a whirl. I am I'm going to. But I'm excited to hear a little bit more about this cocktail you brought for us today. So I'm curious about the name and the inspiration. Go at it. Oh my it. gosh, of course. Yeah. I can tell you I, a lot about this cocktail. So first it's called Tale of Two Cities. I actually, it's a 50-50 martini variation that I actually created last week when I was at Bar 5 Day. We were tasked with, we have to do a practical portion where you have to make six drinks in 10 minutes. And one of the drinks has to be a four ingredient drink that is inspired by something that you love or kind of speaks to you. So I, like I mentioned before, love 50-50 martinis. I love 50-50 martinis that feature blanc vermouth rather than dry vermouth. And I always like martinis that sometimes have a little bit of a fruit component. So for this drink, I did one and a half parts navy strength gin, one part fino sherry, 0.5 parts of blanc vermouth, and then 0.25 parts of grapefruit liqueur. So I did this inspired and why it's called Tale of Two Cities is because when I used to work at Clover Club, there was a drink on the menu that was called a gin blossom. And it didn't, it wasn't a 50-50 martini build, but it was a gin-based cocktail that used blanc vermouth and had a little bit of a fruit component. I loved that drink. And then I decided to get inspired with Queen Mary, that is a rum, gin, and fortified wine bar. So that's why I subbed in that sherry to kind of like have a blend of the past bar that I used to work at, the current bar that I work at right now, and something that I just love to drink in general. So interesting. And so can you explain for those who may not know Navy Strength Gin? Oh, yeah, totally. So I, well, the reason why I use Navy Strength Gin in this cocktail in general was to give it a little bit more like um, but Navy Strength Gin is typically a gin that is bottled at at least 57% ABV. I would say I believe 57, don't quote me on that. A higher proof to say than your typical gins and spirits in general. Got it. Interesting. Okay, so that makes sense. And then tips for me. Sorry, everybody. For tips for me on buying a Blanc vermouth that I want to use in this cocktail or a martini because I went to like what's a pretty decent beverage store down the street from me here in Chicago and you know there's at least a few or more variations and I'm just curious are any of those okay is one of them going to be like really crappy or do I need to spend on it I think you can get really creative like for this cocktail I use Dolan Blanc vermouth okay. which is like you could probably find Dolan Blanc in any decent liquor store. And you'll probably, in a lot of bars, that's something you can find a lot of, behind a lot of bars. 
this cocktail is kind of fun because you kind of swap out that blanc vermouth and it'll give it a little bit of changes. You could also even use something like Lillet in that component as well if you wanted to have like a slightly different flavor profile. So I wouldn't say that there's anything, any way that you could go wrong. But when I created this cocktail, I used blanc vermouth. Got it. And you say in the method to it's stirred over cold draft and served in a chilled mm-hmm. martini glass. Break down the lingo for me. <laughs> so you're just going to build it in your like standard mixing glass, stir it over cold draft or like larger two by two ice cube or larger cubes. So your cold draft or your Hoshizaki ice cubes. Basically what I'm saying is don't stir it over chipped ice. <laughs> Got it. You know, stir it until it's cold and diluted. And then you're going to serve it over in a martini, a chilled martini glass. If you want to, you could also serve it over like a big rock. That wouldn't offend me either. (laughs) That sounds delicious. And then grapefruit twist. I've never seen this in one of our cocktail recipes. You say expressed and discarded. Yeah, I like to drink martinis with grapefruit twist because it's just a personal preference. But I always don't feel the need for me to have the grapefruit twist in the drink. I really just want the oils and the essence. So that's what I mean by that kind of like express it, get the oils out of the peel, and then you can just toss it. Like I mentioned before with like serving this drink over a rock, I'm not going to be offended if you put the grapefruit yeah. twist into the sauce. <laughs> I like that. This sounds good. Thank you. Paige, you want to talk a little bit about social impact and giving back. Our listeners of Beyond the Plate know that chefs are extremely generous people. And as we've come to learn in these Beyond the Drink episodes, it's no different with bartenders and what you all do to give back, whether it's making a drink where proceeds go somewhere or whether it's using your own personal time to volunteer, whatever it may be. But just wanted to give you a moment to shed some light on any specific cause personal to you or the establishment you work at or a certain charitable organization that you may want to raise awareness for. Totally. So in terms of where I work at Queen Mary, one of the things that I love that we do is that we have a cocktail on the menu, at least two cocktails usually, that all of a dollar from each cocktail's proceeds gets donated to a certain charity, a local charity. So I think right now it's Growing Home, which is a charity, like an urban farming charity. And then in terms of things that are like personal to me and things that really I kind of lean towards and get really excited about, I think that having better access to therapy, especially for Black people and Black women specifically, I really tend to look for and support different organizations that are making therapy a lot more accessible for marginalized communities. So that always piques my interest and is probably the first thing that I lean to to support. I love that. And I always love to hear when bars or restaurants give back to certain organizations, but you know, I'm always so curious, the detail freak in me is curious how that goes down. I know there, there's this incredible chef, David and I both know out in Houston, Chris Shepard. And at one point he had a bar where every month they would give to all the net profits would go towards an organization. And I know they were very communal about it. And all the staff members of the bar would get to put an organization that's meaningful to them, like in a bucket, if you will. And they would draw out of the bucket. So I'm always curious at a bar, restaurant, or establishment of that nature. Is it something just like a manager or an owner say, no, this month we're giving here because I feel like that would be a really nice thing for, you know, people who work there to be able to show love and support of something like you just said, that's meaningful to you. I love that idea, actually. It's usually something that's decided from like our management or like our upper, even our upper management, because I work in a restaurant, but it's also a part of like an overarching, I guess you could call it bar group, not necessarily restaurant group. But I think that that's a really interesting idea and something that I think 
could be really special if they were yeah. open to it. Yeah. Awesome. I love it. Well, thank you for sharing for what the bar does and for what you do personally. That's always great to hear and great to know. And as I've said five thousand times to everybody listening i would say give what you can share your voice share your money share your time it could be one dollar it doesn't have to be a huge check it could be 30 minutes a month volunteering you don't have to be overwhelmed that you you know need to volunteer somewhere for multiple days a month you know you kind of do what works for you type thing Paige, thank you for taking the time to do this. We appreciate it. I love learning about this cocktail and learned plenty of new things throughout this episode. Fresh off of your- Yeah, Bar 5 Yeah, Bar 5 So cool at CIA. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to come visit you soon, one of these days when you're working, and we'll have to raise a glass. And then I will make you the cocktail. There we go. Perfect. <laughs> love it. Love it. Thank you so much, Paige. Thank you. To get the recipe from this episode, check out the episode notes in your podcast player or go to beyondtheplaypodcast.com. This episode is produced by myself along with Ian Cohen, Joel Yetten, and Sean Petrosian. Find me and keep up to date with this podcast across all social media platforms at Kathy's Plate or go to beyondtheplaypodcast.com. Beyond the Plate is on all the socials at BT Play Podcast. Please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on your listening site of choice. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Drink, a production of Beyond the Plate. I'm Cappy.